Blog Talk Radio. You know, sometimes we um we don't recognize our dreams inside our reality, <laughs> and uh, other times we're not aware of exactly what's real. You know, we walk around daydreaming, but the sunshine. <laughs> The sunshine always is And I
The link or the number? The link. You mean I'll post it on Facebook? Um, or just announce it. Um, oh, let me pull that up. Hmm, let me pull it up because um, I don't have that in front of me. What is hmm. is it? WP WKPJ. Yeah, so it's up under um. God, yeah, let me think. I can put the short link in your inbox. Yeah, drop it in my inbox so I can forward it to some folks, please. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. Peace uh-huh. and blessings to the family. <laughs> <laughs> That's a short link. Now, let me go back and open up a new. Um, I think that's sufficient. That's sufficient because I'm I'm on my um I'm on my messenger anyway, so that works out. Okay. Okay. All right. So you ready to get started? I I believe I am. I think I am. I'm a no in just a second. <laughs> okay. Oh awesome. goodness. Well, let's go ahead. I want to get started with you. <laughs> I promise you, I'll be good. I want to go ahead. No, I'm, I'm, I'm certain. I'm certain about it. I'm I'm really just being facetious. <laughs> uh, I want to go ahead and get started with your bio. Lady Khadija is an early childhood educator by trade, advocate by nature, and artist by calling. She spends her days developing young minds and teaching life skills, entrepreneurship, and business development to grown folks. She spends her nights writing, designing graphics, and websites and performing poetry. She runs a, a safe place for women and children and owns and operates three blogs and manages to split some time in a blog and social media consultant. You have your hands full. Oh, uh, yeah. have your I'll, hands full. I'm probably the only person that won't, uh, that, you know, won't admit that I do too much. Um <laughs> I'm working on it. Are you, I know that poetry is, is like the pulse behind, you know, what, you, what you're doing, but what is the one thing out of everything that you're doing now? And for those of you who don't know, I did post a link. I do have a chat room open. Um, someone, someone's in a chat room named Rom, R-O-M. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if there's Romeo Donati. Um, but anyway, the call-in number is area code 347-324-5487. The first hour will be just interviewing the, the, the feature, Sister Khadija, and then letting her do her own thing. Hopefully she has something she wants to spit live. I have some tracks that she sent me. I'm just in awe. Okay, so what's the one thing outside of poetry that you feel is your calling? I'm an educator. Um, and a lot of times, especially for when you're an artist and you do a lot, uh, many of us have our hands full. Um, we mm-hmm. art is whatever your medium is. Um, for some of us, art is our purpose. Uh, but for others of us, art is a tool. Um, and for me because I was always exposed, immersed in arts and uh, music. And, you know, my mother is a phenomenal visual artist and, you know, Mm -hmm. she always wrote poetry. Um, 
you know, I thought that that was my calling, you know, music and poetry. But that's a tool. And I I had to learn Mm -hmm. that um, after I had been, you know, performing poetry professionally for a long time and I had stopped teaching, I kind of stumbled upon it. And I Mm -hmm. realized that even as a little girl, when people would ask me, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'll say like a nurse or something like that. But then I would always be like, you know, when I get my classroom, um, you know, while I'm telling people that I want to be a nurse or a lawyer, I'm a teacher. I'm, I've always been mm-hmm. that. Um, so, you know, art, I, I, I think that for me, I, I know for me, I can't speak for anybody else really, but for me, um, you can stand, you can own um, multiple spaces. You know, you, you don't have to confine yourself and or put a limit on your being. You know, some people do poetry. I'm a poet. Mm-hmm. You know, some people write poems. I'm a poet. Mm-hmm. And but that's not all that's to you. Right. You know, I mean ultimately my my you know, my purpose is very specific as is all of ours. But poetry and art and uh teaching is a part of all of that. You know, I use art and poetry as a means to get across a message that was given to me to share with other people. Um, Yeah, I just want to ask your audience. I'm kind of, well, not kind of, I'm actually recovering from the flu, so I'm I'm still a little congested, but we're going to do this. Okay. Well, you got a couple of people in the chat room. You got a couple of people in the in event room. You got Epiphany Castro, and I think that's Romeo Donati. And then you have, uh, Romeo Donati posted uh, on the event page, peace and blessings to you, to you, Maya, and to the future this evening with much success and many more accomplishments coming ahead for her and her family. Peace okay. and blessings <laughs> to the brother and the sister, Epiphany Castro. I'm in the uh, – I'm not on Block Talk Radio, but I am in the chat. Uh, or in, on the event okay. page in Facebook. So Okay, cool. I'm sorry that you're not feeling good. I do hope you feel better soon. I do hope you feel better soon. And I, I'm so grateful that you didn't cancel. But if you don't, if you can't save the entire time, I understand. Um, but mm-hmm. what I want to really get into is some of these tracks that you sent me. I was like, oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> you know, what, what? <laughs> I want to start with Test Positive. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. All right, y'all. So here we go with Test Positive and Lady Khadija. You was never so happy to see menstruation. After months of unprotected penetration without hesitation, you never worried about STDs or AIDs and wasn't trying to get tested for any unexpected infestations that may have manifested. For a few months, you worried about carrying a nigga's baby, but didn't think that maybe a nigga had you carrying something else. Didn't think that he would be clapping you down in the mouth when you were slobbing him down with your mouth shortly after he went down south too many times to count, and it just amounts to several months of friendly fucking, clit licking, and dick sucking. It means nothing. Until... 
you start to feel ill. It's too late to take that morning after pill. Still, you ain't notice how your clothes is hanging and you look sick. Your hair used to be thick. Acting like you can't be labeled like that fabled Jezebel. I can't tell. Avoiding your annual pap smear for fear of news you ain't trying to hear. But it was your life you was living when you was giving him some. Just wanted to come. Trying to make him feel good because you thought you could. But you should have been thinking about that stinking smell between your legs. Wasn't trying to be pegged as a hoe. You just don't know. Sleeping around to find your place to fill that empty space could leave you with legions on your face. You think it couldn't be true. It could never happen to you. You ain't like the rest. Your shit is the best. Then you go take that test. Most high forbid you could never forgive when you test positive. Mm. Wow. Wow. I like the, I mean, I understand the message, but the words that came with it, yes. <laughs> I love that folks. Going hard out the gate, that's right. That's how we do. <laughs> Buddy. I like the venture. Y'all know me. That that made me like, wow. Like, Khadija? You know? <laughs> y'all, get, y'all just don't know okay. the same sister. This is the same right, thing. And, and I see, that's, that's what I, let me explain. <laughs> I, you know, when I was, um, when I was mailing you those tracks, okay, so I sent you those tracks. Those are from my mm-hmm. first, actually, Test Positive was probably one of the very first poems that I recorded. And that poem, I wrote that poem like in 1999 or 98 or something like okay. that. Okay. Um, and, I actually wrote it for a slam. I'm not a slam poet. I actually, you know, don't advocate or promote slams uh, for for actually because of that poem uh, or what happened mm-hmm. at that slam that I wrote that poem for. And I've only done maybe two or three slams since then. Uh, but, mm-hmm. I, I mean, and, but that, I didn't realize that I could cuss like that. I haven't used that many cuss hey, words in, in such a short <laughs> amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> it was so long, and there, like, there used to be a time when I only cursed in my poetry, and then there was there's, there's times when you know in my my writing that you know I might have a foul potty mouth in person, but I wouldn't curse in my poetry. But that part of that, um, part of it was for me, and it was for the people that. You know, I was, I guess, building with, you know, it was for, it was just so, like, easy. That was one of the first poems that just made me realize that I was a messenger and that my poetry wasn't always about me, but it was always for me and uh, for other people to get the message. You know, that was probably one of the first poems where I just, I didn't censor myself. Do you feel that it's important as a poet or a spoken word artist or just an artist in general to have those moments where you you remove the filter and not allow censorship to be, um, you know, prevalent in the situation? Right. I mean, and then I was around at that time, you know, I mean, for the, for the, for the most part, since then, you know, in 1999, there was no Block Talk Radio. You know, uh-huh. there was no Reverb Nation or Bandcamp or um, 
SoundCloud in 1999. You know, there were some poets that were on CD Baby at the time. Um, but we had a collective of artists, and I came up with a community of people as much as we might have fussed and, you know, had conflicts. We grew together, and we, you know, we we hazed each other, and, and yeah, we actually hazed each other. Um, and, you know, they kind of made me step up my game, you know, because this incense and, you know, Shea Butter poet that people see Lady Khadija as, that was who I was, you know, like that was my person. That wasn't just a poet. And I had to learn how to be a performer and an artist because I had all of these phenomenal poets and performers and musicians around me. And they would tell mm-hmm. me one of my stuff sucked. So, you know, we I had people that were like, no, uh, you know, and we had to ask each other if we could use our, you know, our lines and other people's songs. We didn't just hijack people's lines and run with it like it was our own, <laughs> you know. Um, I had a bunch of people, I mean, like dozens of poets, fire poets, you know, Mm -hmm. and we inspired each other and we shared with each other. We broke bread together. We ate together. You know, we took Mm -hmm. care of each other's children, Um, you know, and we are like, and even to this day, if somebody anywhere on, on the global worldwide web, if somebody... Hashtag Global Village 144,000. You will have a million people's ears perking up. Like, where are we at? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, do you feel like this is this is just a feeling I get from you because you know, like I said before, uh, you know, this sister right here that's on, that I've been so fortunate to feature tonight. She's someone that I go to for spiritual advice. Uh, she's someone that I've gone to for du'a mm-hmm. prayers and. And, you know, and, like, this is what I'm going through. What do I do? Um, do you feel like at, that is also critical? In, in addition to being completely humble and, you know, becoming a servant to those that, cause that's, which we become servants to, to those that are around us, do you also feel like there's a spiritual connection with what you do? For me, it definitely is. Um, and that's not, okay, I'm going to be careful with these words because, um, you know, I'm uh-huh. learning you gotta be to careful be. With me? No, no. I mean, I'm I'm learning to accept people where they are. You know, we we don't have to always meet people where they are, but we do have to let them be where they are. You know, and for gotcha. everybody, their poetry or their performance or their art is not necessarily uh, for them a spiritual experience. Um. It's my understanding that art in itself is a spiritual experience. You know, if we are uh, manifestations of the of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then anything mm-hmm. that comes through us, anything that we think we create is also mm-hmm. a manifestation of the divine. So for mm-hmm. me, art is definitely a spiritual experience, and that is the, the messages our good brother Shambe reminds us that we are messengers, whether we want to be or mm-hmm. not, you know. And what's the message? Who's the message coming from? You know, um, that's a, about, it's about standing in your purpose. 
Got you. That is definitely profound. It's definitely unique to hear it from that perspective because, you know, with, with my show, I very seldom, you know, get to feature and host, you know, people um, that are Muslim. And so when I do come across the, you know, the one or two that are that are willing to come on my show, I'm always super excited. Not to say I'm not excited when others come on. I'm always, I just always feel a, di- a different connection, if I can say that. So let's go ahead and go into this next track. Okay, okay. Listen, I, I feel like a, I feel like a kid in a candy store. I want to do. <laughs> I mean I it. I love y'all. <laughs> we're gonna do, do redemption time, Lady Khadija. Here we go, y'all. Speak out 
against it And if for some reason my voice be silenced By some random senseless act of violence I will at least hate it in my heart Because I understand that it was the plan From the very start of this United Snakes Corporation That democracy is hypocrisy So when we gonna stop letting them demons rule us And this corporation's officials are artificial So when we gonna stop letting them school us They got us well trained so that we can't maintain Without flocking the masses plantation I mean corporation, I mean university, I mean penitentiary See everything you really needed to know Your mama taught you before you started elementary Before we know it, they gonna be burning our books On the African legacy and spirituality Making reading and writing a crime See slavery, it started 493 years ago One law and one nation at a time And according to their constitution We all feel slaves and they ain't gonna change it Those amendments don't mean shit Cause they set to expire So let's get ready for the long haul Cause even if we set this bitch on fire What we gonna do to build it up Once it's burnt down what we gonna do to make sure we can stay around? I mean, can you use a needle and thread to sew? How many edible weeds and plants do you know? Can you distill water without the use of technology? Exactly how much do you know about the ecology? What animals that you eat are you prepared to kill? I mean, what we gonna do when that war comes home and this shit gets real? I just hope this subject ain't too heavy. So answer yourself these questions and make ready. Because what goes around comes around. And what goes up, it will come down in this time is judgment time is revolution time in this time it's redemption time in this That was deep. Redemption time. So talk to us. Tell me what was the well before I get into that, let me let me quote uh Epiphany in the chat room. She said exactly, artists don't always have to holler from the mountaintops that we are artists. We just are. From Epiphany Castro. What was the pulse behind or the inspiration behind that piece? Um, I wrote that poem. That's another. I mean, all of these pieces that you're playing are, I think the newest one that I sent you, and I should have sent you some of the stuff that I've been recording with MCs for Peace. Um, okay. But the, the newest one that I sent you might have been uh, Live More. Um, mm-hmm. But all of those, with the exception of, I think, Test Positive and... Um, yeah, I think Test Positive might have been the oldest one. But they all were on uh, my first album uh, that I then split into uh, two EPs. Um, and that was like 2006 or 2007, and I wrote it uh, specifically for uh, po- uh, Poets for Political Prisoners uh, performance that I was doing in Atlanta. And it was mm-hmm. for those and some others uh, that I mentioned in that poem. Um, Mm -hmm. And it just kind of like, it was another one of those ones that just kind of came through me, the whole message. And when I was uh, sending you those tracks and I was listening to them, 
the first I don't listen to my my own stuff. Like I don't know other artists like they listen to their own stuff while they you know get ready for a show or something like that. Once I record mm-hmm. it, you know I might listen to parts of it when I'm promoting it or sharing it or, but I rarely listen to my own voice. And that was that poem and Mercy Oceans, and I listened to those, and for the first time in my life, I cried at the sound of my own voice. And it wasn't because. Uh, you know, my poetry is so hot or so moving. It was just that those two poems in particular are so relevant, and they are both, like, 10 years old. And um, we don't get to put a timeline on this. Mm-hmm. You know, we just have to get ready, you know, okay. and that's really what that that poem was about. Like, you know, we, especially poets, because a lot of us are, you know, we are uh, artivists, some of us like to call ourselves, or, um, but it gets to the point where if art is your revolution, that's okay. Like, I'm not saying that you can't use art as your form of activism or advocacy, um, but mm-hmm. a lot of times it gets where all we do is talk, you know, and that poem is like, so we become act as if instead of activists, you know, uh, because what we say in our poems don't match how we live in our life. And all of those things in that poem are things that I have been confronted with personally. I do know how to distill water without technology. I can sew with a needle and thread. You know, the stuff that I say mm-hmm. in my poems, it's, this is this is self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, if I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this, and how, how you know you're a messenger when you're an artist, regardless of what your faith is, the creator will mm-hmm. use you. If you get up in your palms and you tell lies, you gonna fall and, and God gonna make it true for you. So we need to be authentic in our art. Whatever that is. If if your life is about whatever whatever level you are on in your life, your art has to be a reflection of that or a higher vibration. You know, and and the like mm-hmm. the creator gonna make you out of a liar. The creator gonna make it true. Exactly. Exactly. I think that there's a lot of you know because speaking of sewing, I just put a picture of this huge red pillow on my Facebook page. Baby, that was a hijab that I just knew I was never gonna wear. And I don't believe uh, in using a sewing machine. <laughs> I don't believe in using a sewing machine. I sold that puppy with needle and thread. And the, that's <laughs> right. Honey. You That's know, right. So I, I made my son sew from hand, needle and thread, not no sewing machine. But yes, I definitely can relate to that. That is awesome. That is so awesome. And then you have Tiffany Castro in the chat room saying, "Nope, I don't listen either." You know this already. I, I'm assuming she's referring to listening to your own tracks. I, I don't know. I've never, I never found like whenever one of my children is like trying to play one of my tracks, I get annoyed. I'm like, turn it off. Yeah, <laughs> like I have some friends that I went to high school with. One of one of them has a daughter that's I think she's nineteen or about to be. Um, and she, I'm telling you, like I when people when y'all say stuff like a oh, lady Khadija is the icon, lady Khadija is a legend. I I mean it, it's humbling for me because I'm like. Whenever you are a person, and I was talking with a good friend of mine about this today, whenever you are a person who lives to serve, you know, um, mm-hmm. people think 
that being of service means that you are a servant. I don't serve people, you know. So um, when my friends and especially people who I've known, like, you know, 20, 30 years and their children get to spit in my poetry and sing in my songs, it makes me cry, and I am not emotional. <laughs> you know, it, it's very sensitive, but not emotional. So when when y'all talk about uh, you and and Epiphany and Lyrical Toy, the three of you especially, like, it does something to me. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I mean, well, no praise God. <laughs> I, you know, I'm nothing but a slave of a law. You know, um, I just Indeed. I just call it like I see it. If I if I don't feel it, if I don't see it, I just won't say nothing. You know, I'll just go, mm, mm-hmm, mm. <laughs> You know, I've, I've had to learn how to do that instead of allowing my my mouth to actually open up and release what was on my mind because it's not always Uh-oh. directed, you know. It's, you know what I mean? Sometimes it can come out a little bit harsh. But, yeah, you are definitely an icon of a legend to me. You're someone that I look up to. Um, you're someone that I aspire to be more like with regards to my poetry, with regards to my spirituality, um, how you allow it to kind of marinate and marry each other, the poetry and the spiritual side of who you are. I'm just in awe of all of that, you know. And it takes a lot. Oh, when, you, when, you, when you've been doing this for a while, it takes a lot to catch me off guard or to, you know, move me. Not because I'm better than anyone, but just because you you hear so much. You yeah. Know what I mean, like yeah. you just hear so much different stuff. And then, then yeah. when you do come across the real which what you and like Epiphany and Lyrical Toy and others do, you know what I mean? You just kind of like, wow, that's, that's definitely not, that's definitely not what, you know, everyone else is doing. Yeah. So I, I definitely, you know, I definitely think it's phenomenal. Let's go ahead and move forward. There's another one. Let's do now the mix. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before you play this, let me say this. Okay. So this, they're all like I said, they're all old uh, poems, and I, I I sent you these tracks because I'm working on a new album and I'm doing some recording. I got a bunch of new projects, kind of on the burner. Um, but this mm-hmm. piece is very very special to me, um, because it was kind of one of the first that it was like, okay, I have to say this this this. I wrote this before Redemption Time. Um, and I think this was one of the last poems that I recorded. Um, it was actually the last poem that I recorded, the original one, before I moved from Cincinnati uh, to Atlanta. And I was able to get the good brother Abyss to lend some strings to this track this was produced by Two Grand Production, the good brother Ali Musa. And it's important because, really because I didn't do this, right? Like this was, it was my poem, but um, those two brothers made this track what it is. So shout out to Ali and shout out to Abyss. Yeah, I'm talking about Abyss. Uh-huh. Like, uh, yeah, I'm talking about that Abyss. Y'all know who I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, y'all know who I'm talking about. All right, so are you ready? Oh, okay, I'm ready. All right, let's get <laughs> it in. Come make we see what's a going on in this whole world. 
That is, that is just, I'm just at a loss, I'm, I get lost in your lyrics. And I think that it's important to say that everything that I've heard thus far is, is not from uh, fantasy. It's not from, you know, make-believe. Like we live, you know, some, some poets live in, in, in delusions and illusions and they want, you know, to just paint pictures for everyone to be happy in. And I think it's very important mm-hmm. that, you're, that you're, you're doing pieces and you're creating tracks that are educating people and opening up their minds because that in itself is remarkable. It's definitely not something that's just on the, you know, day to day. Now you mentioned uh, briefly that you're working on a few projects that you have your hands. I know you're doing uh, shows with Tiffany Castro. Um, yeah, we. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So Tiffany no, and I host. We host incense on the first Saturday of every month um, at Epiphany's house. Uh, Epiphany isn't hosting her weekly show, but her and I gather at her house on Blossom Radio on the first Saturday of the month for incense, and then her and I and Lyrical Toy come back 
on the second Saturday for Poets on Poets. And, you know, we kind of, it's three sister poets chopping it up about poets we love and poetry. Um, and your incense is a community arts and discussion show, so y'all come on through every first Saturday. If you could send that information to me, either you or Epiphany, you could please put that in my inbox so I could put that in the events calendar as far and then also post it on my page and everything. I would be extremely, extremely grateful. So outside of what, what you're doing with Epiphany, <laughs> outside of what you're doing with Epiphany and Lyrical Toy, what other projects do you have and what are you hoping to have um, published or, uh, yeah, published in 2017? Okay, 2017, there will be a Lady Khadijah album coming. Inshallah, um, that'll happen soon because 2017 is is odd the way these numbers work. Okay, I was born on June 17th, 1979. Um, Mm -hmm. And June 17th, 1997, which is actually the, Mm -hmm. the year that I graduated high school too, um, was like my inaugural performance, like it was my first paid performance on my 18th birthday. So mm-hmm. on my 38th birthday this year, 20 years, um, on the 17th, 2017, um, mm-hmm. I'll be celebrating 20, my 20th anniversary as a performance poet. And it also happens to be the 22nd anniversary of my teaching and being an educator um, in a professional capacity uh, because I started that on my 16th birthday. So Mm. um, (laughs) it's a a kind of a special year for me. Um, So I I made a commitment to drop a Lady Khadijah album, at least an EP, uh, by that 20th anniversary. Um, and I've been working with the organization called MCs for Peace. Um, and y'all just look that up on Bandcamp. It's a lot of good music. MCs for Peace. That's MCs, E-M-C-E-E-S, uh, the number four, P-E-A-C-E dot org, or just look it up on Bandcamp. Um, it's a bunch of tracks. The last track I think I did with MC for Peace was um, a track called Give a Man a Fish. And it's like eight dope artists from all over the world on that track. Um, and the founder of that organization lives here in Genesis, well, in my area, not in Flint, but around the area. Um, and him and his family, shout out to Cold Words, have um, become a part of my family. Since I've been here in Michigan, mm-hmm. do you um, like being in Michigan? I, you know, when I first moved here, I told everybody I hated Flint. I hated Flint. I hate Michigan. It was just so cold and it was brutal and it was crazy. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. And I didn't have nothing good to say about Flint. Um, I still don't like it, but I don't. Um, but I, I do know why I'm here. I've learned to appreciate living here. Um, I learned a lot of wonderful things about the resilience and the the passion and the pride of the people from Flint. I don't want to say these people as if I'm not one of these people. Um, But it's something something, uh, definitely to be noted 
and uh, I'm talking about really take notes about how folks in Flint are handling what they call in the Flint water crisis. Um, I just working with the children that I work with over the last two and a half years, uh, from 18 months to 18 years. Um, I just learned so much about the people here and the things that people in Flint have survived. And I mean it, they survived um, talking about physical, environmental, emotional, mental, and spiritual attacks. Mm-hmm. And they still here. You know, and mm. I, I mean, it, and it's definitely something to be said about that. And I'm like, Flint is hard. I mean, its name is, is aptly named. You know, it's hard like stone. It's hard. And so mm-hmm. the the attitude and the mentality of the people, they've, they have survived so much here in the way of environmental racism and uh, discriminatory housing practices. Um, the majority of adult people in this county have some sort of physical or mental disability. Um, it's, it's, I, I, I can't go into the all, the everything of it, not even in the whole two hour show, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, it's a lot. <laughs> well, I used it's to live in Detroit. I lived in Detroit for 13 years. And so I can imagine. Well, you, you know, you yeah. know, cause Detroit is not much different. I mean, Flint and Detroit are sister cities, you know, Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. City. So yeah. yeah. So so, what do you feel now? Do you feel like you'll move from there? Do you feel like you'll just be be there? I mean, are you there? I mean, I don't want to get too personal um, as to why you're there, but no. Okay, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'll I, I don't mind being I don't mind being transparent about why I'm here in Flint. Um, because I was running from here. Like I, I lived in Michigan. I lived in Grand Blanc and Burton and some other little towns mm-hmm. outside of Flint. Um, mm-hmm. And actually being in those towns was kind of what made me know I needed to be in Flint because of how people talked about Flint. People who were stakeholders, but, you know, they were invested mm-hmm. in Flint, but they didn't live in Flint. Um, and I, on the surface, where initially I came back here because my mother had a, a the business that will, the service that we provide, and I came back here to help her with it. And why, but um, I was I had left um, Atlanta. I was in a terribly abusive relationship, and I left Atlanta, and I went to California. And it was a struggle there. I was with my family, but it was you know every life is a struggle, right? And I asked, mm-hmm. I asked the law, I asked the Creator. Wherever it is I'm supposed to be to do the work that I know that I'm supposed to do, let it let me get there and make it easy for me. And it was easy for me to get there, you know. So I don't know. I don't plan on going anywhere because I feel like I'm stationed here, which means that I feel like I got work that I need to do here. So So I don't. I haven't made any plans to move. Okay. And what do you feel? What tell us tell us about the work that you do. I, I mentioned it because you the bio you gave you know, you, you talked briefly about you run a safe place for women and children. Tell us about that please. 
Yeah, that is House of Compassion. Um, and it is trans- emergency and transitional shelter for uh, women who have been in domestic violence situations and families um, who have been affected by homelessness. Um, and this is something that we do in our home. We live in a huge house that people think is looks like Noah's Ark. Um, and that we we my mother's a um a housing specialist. Um, and we mm-hmm. offer life skills training and I am an early childhood educator, so you know, I work with preschool children and provide homeschool support. And we are moving into foster care transition um, because they don't have any more adults. They have one facility like that in Flint that recently closed. So um, we're working to assist some young ladies in transitioning out of foster care into self-sufficient, sustainable um, housing situations. And then I'm so, working with. This, I'm, sorry, I'm working with other organizations to for you know to provide similar services and aligning with other individuals and nonprofits that provide similar services to the community. Do you feel like this is part of your calling? Um, yes, to be absolutely. inside of this. Okay, um, and do you feel like this is something that – now, you, you talked about, just briefly, about the domestic violence relationship you were in. How long were you in that relationship? Uh, oh, I was short. I don't stick around in a bad situation. Um, that was like <laughs> – it was, it, was, it was like 11 oh, wow. months, like 10, mm. 10, 11 months, maybe a year, and out of the year, at least, Nine of those months were terribly emotionally, verbally, and physically abusive. Um, and that that was the second time I was in an abusive relationship. The first time I fought back hard. So, you know, I didn't say I was in an abusive relationship. I, I would say we used to fight. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a different type of situation. But both of those things, mm-hmm. um, and the interesting thing about that is the poem Live More I wrote about the first relationship and mm-hmm. the second one used that as a way. Like I learned a lot about narcissism and sociopathic behavior and abuse. Like I really did. And like, I'm going to tell y'all one thing, y'all poets out there, y'all think y'all telling somebody something and you think you writing all these, you know, fly poems and you checking people and chastising people. God going to make your word the truth because after mm-hmm. I, when I wrote Live More, I thought that was an abusive situation. I had to sit down and realize that it was after I came out of it. But it must not have been so because a lot of point on I was like, okay, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you what abuse looked like. Mm, that was what I Mhm. I understand. I definitely understand that. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to Live More. Bop, bop. I'm just looking forward to my list. I'm looking, why do you want to hide? Okay, here we go. Live more with Lady Cadillo. I gotta get this off of my mind. 
living a lie Trying to figure out why my shit is in shambles Falling fast and can't get a handle I was used, emotionally abused and verbally manipulated But at the same time, I participated Then tried to justify Finding reasons why I shouldn't feel like this nigga is whooping my ass at home Maybe because I'll hit back It must be because I got fly in the mouth It gotta be because I fight back Nah, fuck that Baby girl, I holla back
I love that track, y'all. I was over here bobbing and dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is my favorite. That's the one I, uh, that is the, if, if there's one piece of mine, I can listen to that one and I can listen to free. And I, I can listen to it without switching it off. Okay. So Tiffany Cassidy said, bravo, bravo. It's, it's dark as hell. <laughs> yeah, I think that's her favorite too. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I so, just, you know, so that, you, that whole. Yeah. I'm sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I'm saying, do you have no, more? Saying, do you have more vibes? Is, is that the vibe? I'm trying to figure out like the vibe of your of the things that you're going to put out in 2017. Is it going to be a combination of what we've heard tonight so far, or is it some, uh, you know, uh, things that we've never heard? It's gonna be it's gonna be some things that you might have heard, and it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is. I can't give it all away, but I do have something that I wrote right before the show started that I want to share. But um, okay, uh, it's, it's your future, baby. It's, <laughs> it's gonna be all, it's gonna be all of that. It's gonna be all of that, and it's gonna be something new. So, and okay. I think it's gonna be what what will be new and different. I think is there'll be it'll be a little more personal, even than live more, because I was kind of defiant, right? Um, that was me, like owning uh, my experience, and I'm I tell I'm telling you every single word of that poem is true. I really did go to jail. I really did uh, get charged with contempt of court for trying to keep my husband out of jail. Um, I really did wow. go to jail for spying in court. <laughs> uh, they really did give me thirty days. <laughs> um, I was only there for five, but that is the whole truth. Everything in that poem is true. Um, and people like people ask me, did you really go to jail for smiling in court? I absolutely did, and you know I didn't learn, so it happened again. You know I had to go to jail a different time for a different dude doing some different stupid shit. <laughs> so um, yeah, if you don't listen, you don't so learn. Are you now? To. No, I am happily single right now. Uh, five years single and five years happy, and you know it's the only thing I've been dealing with in these five years is anxiety and that's why I'm so happy being single because those two relationships is what made me develop anxiety attacks and so once I'm able to like I'm, I'm, I manage it um, but once I'm able to overcome that completely then I'll be I feel like I might be ready to get married again because you know marriage is our way uh-huh. you know but I ain't really, you know I ain't really I ain't really tripping off of it <laughs> one right. way or another. They come so, and they go. They come yeah, and they I mean, go. Yeah, you know, you know, what's fun to Allah is the best planner, right? I mean, I mean, I mean. I mean. All right, so yeah. what you got for me? You said you wrote something new. I did. Somebody had texted me earlier asking if I had something new, and I actually did not intend on writing anything new or specifically for this, but it kind of came after a meeting that I had today, and this is a culmination. I promise y'all this preface might be longer than the poem, but it is important. Okay. Um, I I wrote this. This is a culmination of some of the things that have been happening in the last maybe three weeks to three months. Um, and mm-hmm. every line of this poem 
is for someone and for me. Um, and I want to, I had, like, I, I got a list of the people who inspired this poem, and I can't shout out everybody, but Epiphany and uh, Cole and you, Somaya, uh, Miracle Toy, and um, a bunch of people, uh, Tony Blackman and the sister Ashira who joined us on um, Incense last night, uh, my brother Drew and my brother Hudefa, and it's a lot of people. Every single line in this poem is for one of you. Um, and some of y'all I didn't mention. And for a different person. And it's not titled yet. And it might not even be complete, but. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Okay. So. On your mark. Stand at the ready. Lean in to your privilege. Lean in to your purpose. Leave your mark on your marks and battle scars. Stand at the ready. Lean in. We don't have time to dance around this. Lean into your divinity. Lean into your purpose. Dig pe- deeper. Dig deeper past the surface. Dive into the di- dive in. Dive into the discomfort. Dispose your doubts and division. Practice faith fearlessly. Fight fiercely. Fight as fiercely for my fragility as you will for your own. Breathe in past the anxiety. This might hurt a little, but it takes some discomfort to grow. So I'll be gentle. Lean in. Listen. Be still. Stand at the ready on your mark. We need you in your purpose. Lean in. What are you looking at but can't see? I need you in your divinity. Lean in to your vulnerability. Shed the thick skin and toughen up on your mark. Don't run from it. Stand at the ready. Confronted. Breathe. In. We're going to peel back some layers We're going to take some time for meditation and prayer But this is going to take work More than that We can't move past our fragility Unless we lean into acceptance But we have to be ready You have to be on your mark Standing at the ready I just need you ready Justice Needs you ready, but you have to be just to be ready. So get out of your way and lean in. Breathe in on your mark. Stand at the ready. That I needed that. Oh my God. I needed that, y'all. Y'all just don't know. Oh my God. That was, I'm in here in tears. That was, man, I was like, that's subhanAllah. (laughs) (laughs) I promise you. That's subhanAllah. (laughs) Like, wow. I I promise. I'm going to tell y'all one of the reasons why I go so hard about things is because we got to address the elephants in the room. 
mm. right? We whatever whatever room you in or whatever those elephants look like, right? We we spending all this time like surface digging and you know dancing around the matter, the truth of things, and we not moving forward and we not growing because we sitting comfortable and you know we don't want to hurt nobody's feelings and you know we don't want to talk about the hard issues. And I'm gonna talk about it until you get tired of talking about it. And I'm gonna make mm-hmm. you look at it. Make you comfortable. You know. Mm-hmm. And we are gonna peel it back, and we are gonna take all of the fake bandages off, and we are gonna heal. And that's mm-hmm. what we need to do right now. You know, like that's really what, what we need to do right now. We have to stop being politically correct. Politics ain't correct. Ain't nothing correct about politics. Hmm. At all. At all, especially with this orange bastard. <laughs> For ah. Oh my God, I'm still shocked. What happened, y'all? More people went out to protest and they came up and showed up to vote. I'm like, really? Wow. <laughs> you know, like if half the fools that were protesting would have voted, we wouldn't be out. You know, they had a little one um some one of the uh, women's, they had on the pink pussy hats and all of that today. You know, and I watch that stuff from a distance. I don't go out. When, when they got the cameras outside, I go inside. Because, you know, when you, mm-hmm. you know that when you're an other, right, when you can be easily identified as an other, um, whether you are or mm-hmm. not, they want to point the camera at you and ask you what you think, right? So mm-hmm. I, I try to stay away from the cameras. But, you know, mm-hmm. I, I found myself having this conversation about fragility and about accepting our privilege, whatever that looks like, because we all have it. And what happens is people feel like they get to stand in this vulnerable, fragile, free-from-blame place while mm-hmm. they... Uh, well, but they don't allow other people, they don't accept other people to be in that same or different fragile or vulnerable and free from blame place. You know, the beginning of our wisdom is to call a thing by its proper name. Okay. That is deep. So that is deep. But I know that piece you just did, you know, I, I needed that because, you know, the last few weeks up until maybe like 10 minutes before the show started, my life has been upside down and inside out. And the only thing that's kind of helped me stay focused and balanced was fasting and praying, fasting and praying. Like, no matter how much it turned us, okay, well, I see you, I see you, I see you. You know? <laughs> yeah. I you. you know, and trying not to have those human reactions when you know that you're being tested. Because as you said, yeah. you know, that you're being, we're, we're being tested, and if you fail that test, but you're definitely going to go through it again. And yeah. when you get to that point, well, for me, when I got to that point where I was like, you know, I know my worth, and and I'm tired of dumbing myself down to make you look good. We 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 gotta stop that, everybody, right? Everybody gotta stop that. Yeah. Stop uh, watering your like. I need you to show up in all of your divinity, mm-hmm. all of the time, right? Because that's the only way, really, we are gonna get through this, you know, and. In the in the context of our political and cultural environment right now, we are being divided on every front. So we there has to be a space for all of us 
in our collective, whether that be for, you know, Muslims living in America or black people or young people or advocates or poets, whatever you, however you identify yourself, we all have to have our safe places. We all have to be allowed to be vulnerable and to be healed and be hurt, right? You know, and one of the things Mm -hmm. that, uh, especially for not just people of color, uh, but any marginalized group, you got to let them, you got to let people lick their wounds, right? So if you come up on a, a wounded animal, especially a cat, right, and they lick in their wounds and you try to help them, they're going to scratch your eyes out. So hmm. you you have to know when to let people lick their wounds and then when to show up and, you know, have that safe place ready. And one thing we know about cats is um, you're not their master. Exactly. You know, exactly. and that, that's, the, that's the part about allyship that we have to work on is that nobody needs a savior right now. We all need to be our own self-savior, you know, and we have to make space for our own healing, and we have to make space and allow other people to come in and support us and help us and work with us, you know, and we have to work together when our goals align, and sometimes we got to take the, the space to, you know, recharge on our own, right? And so it's just a, right now it's just a huge, huge matter of mutual respect. You know, exactly. just to get to the crux of it. We just got to get to a place of mutual respect. Nobody exactly. needs, like, real... we, we don't need saviors anymore. We don't need saviors. We need allies and we need friends and we need family. We need brotherhood and we need sisterhood. We need to know when to separate ourselves and we need to know when to come together. Exactly. For anyone that's in the um, on the switchboard that has anything they want to say to Sister Khadija, um, please go ahead and push the number one, call in to give you a salam. The so call in number, uh, let me pull that up. I don't know why I can't memorize. Buddy, my brain. <laughs> <laughs> call the number for the show. Is there you call three four seven three two four five four eight seven, and we have area code five one three. And now we still have one more track. I'm gonna play and let her finish doing her thing. I'm gonna give her. I'm gonna devote the whole two hours to her. But I want you guys to call in and 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 show some love. Here we go, y'all. Area five one three. Welcome to Naked Ink. Peace, love, blessings, and poetry. This is Mr. Romeo D. Natty. Hey, Romeo, how are you? I'm well, I'm well. Um, thank you, my. I want to say congratulations and a wonderful blessing to the feature, Lady Khadija. Um, good to hear. Blessings, brothers. That, that good things are still going on with you. Um, man, it, it's, it's, it's good to hear you, hear you online. Um, I don't get to call in often to the shows, but uh, I'm a fan of your work and uh, just a fan uh, of you just as a person. Um, no, definitely a person who's, who's out there on the front line and, and doing what needs to be done for herself and, and our people. So I really appreciate that. And it is something to be admired and look up to. 
Well, I appreciate that. Um, thank you. You know what? I, I've been saying this for years. Um, I'm really just a simple servant. Um, you know, that's just it. I tried to stop doing poetry, y'all. God had other plans for my life. <laughs> you know, man's mind plans his way, but the Almighty directs the steps. So, exactly. thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for calling in and showing your love and support. I'm gonna go ahead and put you on mute so I can get the other people in. Okay, sweetie. Thank you. Blessings. All right. Thank you. All right, y'all, that was Romeo Donati, and we have area code 510. Well, we have, okay, where, where did I go? Yeah, okay. Well, hey, what's okay. happening, y'all? Hey. Hey. <laughs> what's happening? Hey. All right, Miss here? Lady Khadijah. Yeah, I'm here. You don't hear me, Mama? No, I mean Khadijah. She I'm here. No, no, no. I'm here, man. I love y'all. Like every, if she say five one three, she say five one zero. I know that's family, right? Anybody that's calling from Cincinnati, whether I know them or not, because it's a, a whole generation of poets that I don't know nothing about in Cincinnati, right? I've been going away from there for ten years. Uh, but I, whenever somebody calls from five one three or five one zero, that's the Bay Area. That's home. That's where I'm from. Right. So, and I grew up in Cincinnati, so. Uh, somebody calling from those two area codes. I know that's family. Uh, well, <clears throat> actually, Khadijah knows all area codes because she's traveled so extensively. <laughs> she knows every area code. I'm like, word? Anyway, I'm just calling super quick. What's up, Maya? Good work, good work, good Hi, interview. Hey, and um, <clears throat> excuse me, Khadijah, you know I love you like cooked food. Glad that you put a little pen to paper this afternoon and got your little self going. Um, yeah, because, you know, it's been a long time since I wrote anything besides a list. <laughs> My shit got dust on it. I'm a cobweb. I'm not even tripping. I'm not even tripping. I'm never concerned with these things. I, Khadija knows this, and I say this. Do not be concerned about the swiftness of your pen. It's It's really, it'll come when it's supposed to come. Not any yeah. time ever before. So um, I'm always proud of you. I'm always proud of you because more than you being a artist and a poet and a graphic designer and a teacher and a certified herbalist, I could go on. You're my friend. Yeah, and I'm ordained minister too, y'all. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I said I could go on. Ah, but you're my friend. And, and Khadija is a good human being. She's a good human oh, being. She's a keeper. Girl. And that Aww. is, above all else, what really matters. At the end, If she didn't never write another motherfucking poem, it wouldn't matter to me because she's such a good person. I don't covet her. Awesome. I love her. I love her work. I do. I do. I want her to keep doing what she does. But I'm just saying she's not a one-trick pony. She has so many irons in the fire, you know, that she she can pick and choose what she would like to do at any given moment. So good work. I'm proud of you as always. I'm going to get my hiney off this phone and let Maya get back to the business of her open mic. How about that? Thank you, Epiphany. That's, Epiphany is one of my closest friends. I'm out. Um, 
Peace, peace. And and I love her. I love her. Epiphany um, reminds me that magic is real. She, she reminds me, because sometimes we like to forget, right? You know, mm-hmm. that, and I don't mean like hocus pocus, but if that's what you think magic right. is, then that's what it is. But um, Epiphany reminds me that magic is real. Unicorns and fairies exist. I know they do because I ride a unicorn every day. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. And Epiphany has always, always been someone that uh, supports others, and very few people um, offer that in return to her. I've noticed that as well. But she is always, you know, when when you have her in your corner, she's in your corner no matter what you do, and that's and that's yeah. hard for many people to find in their own family. That's so true. That is awesome. That is, that is definitely awesome. That is definitely awesome. So, you ready for this other track? Uh, yeah. What you, you got there? there? I got way too. I, I sent you a bunch. I know it was at least five tracks I sent you. Um, and I had a, a bunch more that I'll probably send them to you anyway, but I didn't want to like, you know, I didn't want to mix. Please, you know, I didn't send them to me because I can always, no, you can certify it all you want. Send them to me because even, you know, on other shows, I can always play them. Yeah. I would definitely be honored <laughs> to do that. So y'all ready for Wade Children with Lady Khadija, y'all? Here we go. Oh, 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 oh. Wade in the water, Wade. Children wait in the water, cause God's gonna trouble the water. Be washed and leave all your troubles in the water. I say drop your troubles off in the water. Children wait in the water, wait in the water. Children wait in the water, cause God's gonna trouble the water. Just leave all your troubles in the water I say drop your troubles off in the water Be washed and heal all your problems in the water Sicknesses, children Weaknesses, children Wade in the water Ghetto sons and daughters that the hood done harden Troubles, children who can't get a pardon So they start in trouble Lost in the rubble Rebels that live amongst the rubble Give all your troubles to the water Drop all your troubles off in the water be washed and healed in that water channel the power of your Yemiya and Oshun. Sons and daughters swim in unity seas and mercy oceans. Drown all your problems in that motion. Move your body through the body that makes up four-fifths of the earth's body because water makes up four-fifths of your body. Give all your stresses to the water. Children wait in the water. Wait in the water. Children wait in the water. Cause God's gonna trouble the water. Be washed and leave all your troubles in the water. I say drop your troubles off in the water. Children wait in the water. Wait in the water. Children wait in the water. Cause God's gonna trouble the water. I say leave all your troubles in the water. Just drop your troubles off in the water. Heal and leave all your troubles in the water. Katrina's child, Rita's child, 
Andrew and Ivan's child in this urban wilderness, children with lost hope, doped up, choked up on blunts and inner city blues, children who've paid their bill of dues, leave your troubles in the water, drop your troubles off in that water that you be wading, be baptized, realize your vision, and wash away the tracks of your tears, cleanse and leave all your fears in the water, all my ghetto youngins, genius children, be genuine, honest and real when you speak. Teach us the wisdom given to you through your youth because what was hidden from the wise and the prudent has already been revealed to the babe and suckling. When you look in the mirror, if you see an ugly duckling, hold your head and stretch your neck because you a swan. So go on and wait in the water. Wait in the water, children. Wait in the water. Because God's going to trouble the water. Be washed and leave all your troubles in the water. I say drop your troubles off in the water Be washed and leave all your troubles in the water Children wait in the water Wait in the water Children wait in the water Cause God's gonna trouble the water I say leave all your troubles in the water Children drop your troubles off in the water that was awesome. I promise that you that awesome. poem, I cannot hear that the same way since I've been here and it went uh, I promise you. Um you mentioned wow. Flint. Do you feel like that, like part of your soul's journey? Because you mentioned Yamaya and uh, Oshun, and it's so funny you mentioned that because uh, <laughs> my 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 background is Dominican and Haitian and Puerto Rican, and I actually had a dream last week about Oshun talking to me, and oh. I kept hearing Oshun, Metaphone Oshun, Metaphone Oshun, Metaphone Oshun in my dream, and I know Epiphany is listening in. Um, <laughs> Yes, that's deep. That's deep. That's all I'm going to say about that. It is. So it's hard for me to hear. Like, since the day that I sent you the tracks, that was the first time that I Mm -hmm. listened to this, this poem. It made me cry, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because, okay, so I wrote that for, there was a project that a brother, um, when I was in Atlanta, he asked me to write a poem for this youth project. Um, and I, I've never even heard the mixtape, but I sent in the track that same day. Um, because, so if, for those of you that might follow me on Facebook, occasionally I have this, um, you know, these, uh, I don't even really know what to call it, but these messages, and our hashtag ancestors calling, right? So when I first moved to Atlanta, I used to hear, like I would go downtown, I don't know if, you, if you've ever been downtown Atlanta, it's eerie, right? Um, especially it if you know you have ancestors that were enslaved. So uh, there's a, a, a brother mm-hmm. poet of mine in um, in Cincinnati, he had a, a line in one of his songs where he said he heard the ancestors calling, telling me to burn this bitch down, right? So, um, and 
I don't even know if, if he wrote that song before I moved to Atlanta or after, I don't remember, but um, when I would be walking downtown Atlanta, I would hear, I would hear the ancestors, like literally hear my ancestors screaming. And like, like, and I'm telling you so much so to where I got to, I started to do my, my own uh, ancestry, like before you could get your, this was before you could get your DNA done, right? So um, I found that I had some ancestors that were, um, I don't want to say abandoned because I learned their their story since then. Mm-hmm. But there were three children in my my grandfather's my maternal grandfather's uh, ancestry that were found on the coast of Georgia, um, and mm-hmm. one of there was it was two brothers and a girl. It was three. They were siblings. Two boys and a girl. And um, I just recently learned the names of the boys, but that like I was hearing this, it was in in dreams and awake, where mm-hmm. I'm hearing Lulabell, right? And I I learned mm. something about about these people, and um, when I'm, I'm telling you, that song was like the first that Wade Children was like the first of a series of, I guess, callings from my ancestors, right? And, I mean, to some people this is creepy and spooky, but I'm going to need you to get over it and really uh, vibrate Mm -hmm. higher. Uh, um, And and that was was what Wade Children in that poem, it was, you know, this was, I think, the the original mixtape that I put that track on was for... um, this was around that the uh, Rita hurricane, right? That's why I mentioned that. And mm-hmm. there were, you know, the 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 whole Katrina horrible situation, and I mean that's that's an understatement. Um, and the things that I was witnessing in Atlanta, and the things that I, you know, witnessed in Cincinnati and California and other places that I visited. Um, it was. It just and then now when I hear it in front after this whole water crisis situation and that particular line, God is going to trouble the water. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way it came to me, it wasn't, it was leave your troubles in the water. You know, so, and for anybody that's into, you know, any type of spirituality or metaphysics, water mm-hmm. is cleansing. You know, exactly. and water is uh, is birth and rebirth. So, anytime you have a, especially disaster that happens due to water, then it's, it's it's something new that's coming out of that. So you have to mm-hmm. like let let it wash away all of the other like the stress and the trouble and the problems and. You know, you got you got to leave that there. And what was with me when I was, especially when I re- was recording that, I remember today. Um, there are some of us when we hear stories about, you know, whether it's if you're Muslim and you reading stories about the Prophet Sallallahu and the companions, may Allah be pleased upon them, or you know, Bible stories Amen. from Christians, or you know, when you hear stories about your history. Some of us we hear, right? Mm-hmm. 
some of us see, like you can mm-hmm. actually see what's happening. Like you standing there mm-hmm. and, and you're watching it. And some of us witness like we are there and it is happening to us. And when I was recording that, especially the 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 song part, I was witnessing. And I remember, oh, wow. you know, when I came out of the studio, I was wet. Mm. So that's like, and that's <laughs> that, and it's interesting because that was ten years ago. That was two two thousand seven, mm-hmm. and you know, part of that that was like I said, the the first of a series of I should say, my ancestors calling, and that's the major premise of this, uh, Lady Khadija project that I'm working on. Do you feel that you? your work, and I, I know this may seem like a simple question, but for those who don't know you, um, that your work has evolved you to a place that will continue to uh, take you further, and if so, does that scare you, or are you prepared to embrace what you may or may not be able to see or witness right now? I'm going to tell you, I... um Okay, three things this just came to me. First, um, and this is from Wise Intelligent. This was something that it, I remember. It was something that he posted on Facebook uh, about a lesson mm-hmm. that he had with his son, and it came to me differently. So the first thing is you put the fear behind you and you let it push you forward. So I don't know mm. if I'm scared or not. Right? Um, and the second thing, and this ain't from Wise Intelligent, uh, you push past the the doubt, right? And then you dive mm-hmm. in to the mistrust because those are the three things that keep us from moving forward, fear, doubt, and mistrust. So uh, I don't know if I'm afraid. I'm absolutely ready. That's the thing that I've been asking the creator for my whole life, especially when I was a little girl. My mom used to talk about the last days and the Mathiele Salam, and I, and I wasn't necessarily afraid, but I knew that the people who she was talking to, they kind of, you know, they seemed spooked. So, you know, I was like, oh, okay, wait. I, I just always ask the creator to make me ready. So, you know, and, and even when it comes to things that I can't see, whether it's like um, where I'm going to be, because tomorrow's not promised, right? SubhanAllah, mashallah. Right. Um, or if it's that uh, spiritual sight, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, racism is real. Right, but race as we know it is made up. You know, I mean, you, you, mm-hmm. we have the same faith, so you, you understand about creation. You know, you, you know about, you know what, we, what me and my my family we say dirt, we say light, we say smoke was fire, right? Mm-hmm. That's man, mm-hmm. that's angels, and that's gin. So those are the races. But this um, ethnicity is man-made. Mm-hmm. You have humans, you have angels, and you have gin. Those are racist. But this black, white exactly. nationality and ethnicity is man-made. So I just prayed and asked the last to make me ready, and I know now is the time. So 
if I've been praying for at least 35 years of my life, because my first rite of passage was at three years old, and that's when I took the name Amatullah. Um, and I came to learn later that Amatullah, for those of you who don't know, Amatullah is Arabic, and that's the surname that I use. Um, and it is the feminine of Abdullah, which means servant of Allah. But we are all servants of God, right? We all service of the Creator, whether we want to be or mm-hmm. know it or not, right? Um, that's right. all of our first title. But Abdullah and Amatullah are elect servants of God. So, uh, and I had to learn this. This is why I didn't know this at three years old. I just knew Amatullah meant God servant, right? I knew it was the feminine. I was just a kid, right? But mm-hmm. as I got older, I think I was probably about 27, and I had a brother find me in Atlanta, um, a brother named Nasir from Chad, mm-hmm. and, and like, literally found me. Like, we always stumbled upon each other, um, uh, uh, and he told me, like, so you know what a matula means? I'm like, yeah. He's like, no, you don't. And he sat me down and gave me the the lessons on my name for three hours. Um, and for, you know, mm. names are really important, y'all. Like, the reason why a lot of our children are so lost is because they have names that don't mean anything. If you have a name that's made up, that then you, your your life is probably made up. Mm. If you have a name that don't mean anything, then you cannot know your purpose. Exactly. So, and then Khadija was given to me by my spiritual teacher. I thought my name was Latifa. So. It's funny because when um, I first became Muslim, I took the name Khadija. And then I took the name Malika. And then I took the name Malika. A lot of people do. And then I. Uh-huh. And then I watched the movie The Message. <laughs> Yeah, buddy, and when I, I watched lost... the movie The Message, it was a wrap. It was a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Amaya was hardcore. <laughs> she was hardcore, buddy. She was hardcore. I was like, man, I got some big shoes to fill. Yeah, you know? and I felt that way about Khadija. I, I really did. I would never have chosen chosen that name for myself because that is a tall order. That is a tall she order, was and I just added. You know, I ask the creator to make me ready. I know. So tell me, we only we got like 18 minutes left in this show. I want you to do something else live if you got it. If not, I just want you to, I'm I'm, I'm inboxing people like she's breaking this all the way down. I'm just going to be quiet. When, <laughs> when, and for those of you who don't I, know, when you come, you come across someone that you can bring onto the show and they can just handle it so effortlessly as she has been handling it, and so and she's been humble. She hasn't been cocky. She hasn't been arrogant. She hasn't been look at me. This is who I am. She always reverts back to, to the source. And for her, it's a lot with the Isla, you know, which is phenomenal, of course, for me personally. And even though we all have friends and family members who are not Muslim, you know, they still came through and showed love and support. That is just amazing. Where do you, where do you see yourself? <laughs> the family, to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I, I mean, where do I see myself in the next three months? 
Mm-hmm. Okay, this is the three March. of the solar. Yeah. April, May, um, June. Right June. Uh, well, yeah, I'm 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 looking at dropping that that Lady Khadija in three months. Um, inshallah. Inshallah, that's gonna be like right after Ramadan too. I think. I think. Don't quote me. Right? Yeah. I think Ramadan hits May twenty sixth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I love it when my birthday does during Ramadan. Last year, last year it started on my birthday. So I was, I was really like, I felt like Ramadan was my birthday gift, right? <laughs> I feel you. I remember when Ramadan used to be in the in the, in the winter time. Yeah, but you know, when I was a kid, I used to sit. I used to look at calendars when I was a little girl, and I used to say, like, I remember saying, when I turn 35, Ramadan's going to be, we're we going to have to fast for 18 hours, right? So at 12 years old, I knew already that when I turned 35 that we were going to have, like, 18, 19-hour fast, so I was ready for it. And that was probably the easiest year for me. I think for me, you, you have, just so, you know, if I could speak a little bit more open about my relationship with you, you are one of my touchstones. You are one of the people that when I'm having anxiety attacks, when I'm having moments of doubt, or when I'm having just a, a, a you know, a, a fuck this moment, you know, I'm like, let me, where's Khadija at? Where's she at? Because she's going to tell me what to do. She's going to tell me. And it's, and it's not, and, and you, be, you know, she's younger than me, but she has this layer and level of wisdom that surpasses the most people older than me. You know, I, people, you know, talk about, you know, they have old souls. A person may have an old soul, but if they don't have any wisdom, they ain't about shit. I'm just going to put it out there. They ain't about shit. No, you can have an old soul, but be dumb as hell. You could be dumb as hell. Or this be is so true. arrogant and cocky and, and, and within your walk that you just dumb as hell. Like, you know, they'll say stuff, and I'm like, brother, sister, you need to say inshallah behind that. Oh, yeah, 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 okay, okay. I love that. Okay, fool. Because when he gets to playing, <laughs> when the law gets to playing, he don't play well with others. And, you know, he got a sense of humor that don't always leave you laughing. Word. So when I tell you, <laughs> when I tell you I have inboxed her 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, I, what do I do? What's this do I? What's this that? What do I do? What do I do? You know, and she'd be like, what's going on? And she'd be so calm. So I, I really think you're more so, and, and if I may take liberty to, to say this to you, uh, I think you're more so, not, in addition to everything that you already do and everything that you already are, I also think you're a spiritual empath. Because I believe that a lot of your anxiety comes from when you pull in other energy from other people because you're always it's trying to not, heal. You're, you're in a, yeah. you're absolutely right. Um, I have to, part of my anxiety attack is separating my emotions from those of others. Mm-hmm. I have to... Um, we, you know, any any empathic person, we have. That's the first thing you have to learn how to do, is decipher your feelings from other people. And sometimes you just have to ask yourself, is this my own feeling or is this somebody else? Mm-hmm. And I had like that's a real that's a real practice. That's a real practice. It, it really is. It really, really is. And you know, I think that if more people. Because a lot of these physical man-made diseases are just, just come from spiritual impurities and and manifestations of, of of the of the evil or the devil that's inside of other people, and so when you have to, especially when you do uh, life coach work like you do or spiritual, like for even people who do tarot readings or whatever they do, you know, if you're not careful, if you're not cautious, uh, you know. 
something you that's that's like taking you know the garbage with you. You, you got to make sure that yeah, you, you got to know, you know your spiritual. There's a lot of there's a lot of spiritual frauds out here. You know, it's a lot of people mm-hmm. is dibbling and dabbling in these spiritual matters, and they're not really, um, you know, miss me with your degrees, right? Miss me with your, mm-hmm. I mean, I got a lot mm-hmm. of degrees and certifications and all of that, but miss me with your degrees and certifications when we talk about spiritual work. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, don't, exactly. that don't mean nothing. That don't, that don't mean I nothing. Think, I put on my page last week or earlier this week, and maybe I don't know, that uh, what does it mean when you go inside of a dream? When you dream inside of a dream, I said, I multiply that by four. I said, I died this morning. And people thought I was playing. I was inside of a dream four times. I was like, I'm dead, and I know I'm dead. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and sleep is because it's a death. This is, I mean, you know, this, this is sleep is the cause of the death. You know, Indeed. Sleep is the cause of the death. You know, but you know, on I, that level. And, uh, I have to thank you and and other people um, for reminding me. Because a lot of times we get, especially in this climate that we're in, we, kind of, we get caught up in physical things and material things. You know, and just wait for all of this to crumble because it is, you know, and you don't want to have this on you. You don't want to have too much of this material uh, situation on you when it starts to crumble. Well, it's already starting. Exactly. But when it when mm-hmm. it falls, you don't want to have it. You want to be protected. Um, and your mm-hmm. guns, you know, um, your guns and your, you know, um, attitude and your ego – that's not going to protect you, you know. Uh, all of the, the the veils are are cracking, you know, and there oh, are yeah. there are are energies that are that have been being held back, right? That have been we got. I mean, there are we have a lot of angels, and you know, whatever your your mm-hmm. energy frequency is, right? We have a lot of protection, and that's leaving mm-hmm. us. So I'm going to need y'all to really, really start to get centered and get in tuned, you know, and start hearing your ancestors calling and take notes. Um, Yeah, this cute, you know, and when I hashtag it on Facebook and, you know, Instagram and Twitter and all of that. But uh, this real talk, you Mm -hmm. know, we do a lot of spinning illusions on social media, but this real talk. You know, exactly. Um, and, I, and I definitely think the I do have, the living and the dead. Right. I do have one poem. I wasn't going to share this poem initially, but something in this uh, conversation brought it up. And, I, <laughs> you know, I got like a thousand notebooks. And when you open up a notebook and it turns right to that poem and you had thought, you should, maybe you should do this. Okay, so. Okay. This poem, uh, for those of you, somebody inboxed me about a spiritual matter the other day. And, you know, every now and again people do that. Like, you know, like you said, um, I'm just Mm -hmm. a simple servant, y'all. But so there's a a documentary project happening right now. Um, You can go to Faith Portrait. Just, like, go on Facebook or Twitter or YouTube. There you go, YouTube, and type in Faith Portrait with an S. So, um, and just follow that for anybody that's having um, 
questions. And this this project is documenting people of different faiths and nationalities and uh, spiritual experiences. Um, and this, I don't, they found me somewhere some, a couple years ago and wanted me to participate in the launch project for Faith Portraits and, and commissioned me to write a poem. Um, and this is the poem. And it's called Faith Portrait. Are you saying Faith, F A I T H? F A I T H, yes. Right, Picture this clouds burst, sun showers, raindrops from the smoke and smother. Falling like the angels, humanity, and mankind created by the Divine Father Mother. Merging into a mercy ocean, one body, a unity sea. No more us or you and me. Annihilated into a HUD. Only one, the divine absolute oneness. Because unified, this divine spiritual journey is. It's all one. Because we're all one. Unique, individual, and divine manifestation of the all one. Created so it can be known. Made us unique and individual so that we may be known and know each other. One portrait speaking more than 1,000 words spoken into existence with one word, kun, fire, kun, be. And it is. So we worship and praise and glorify who? The non-manifest, the ever-present, absolute unknown that made us so it can be known. It is ever-present. Every breath is a gift that you can be known. So be present. How? By learning to listen and distinguish divine inspiration from the whispers of the four spiritual enemies. But that is just the frame. Details in this painting are equal, just not the same. This is an action shot. Precisely positioned in every stroke, perfectly placed, developing the negatives into positives, transforming fear into faith, healing and changing, and transforming the world, listening, loving, living, and learning, answering the calling by the maker, creator, and fashioner of the worlds, by bringing people together in our greater common spiritual journey. That's faith portrait. Okay, so are you comfortable? Are you, because so many Muslims are not. Are you comfortable, comfortable with with meeting and, and dealing with people from different backgrounds? I am absolutely <clears throat> comfortable with meeting and dealing with people. You know, I don't think I could have it any other way. Um, you know, there is no compulsion in religion. You know, I just, for people who, okay, in the context of Islam and people who, especially in this climate, people who are scared of Muslims and immigrants and those Muslims over there, I just... Uh-huh. How dare you to find a Quran and open it up and find some of that stuff that these people telling you about Islam? Prove it. I dare uh-huh. you. Uh-huh. Exactly. You know, and that's like, and that's that's me. Because you see, and the reason why I say it like that is because the people who carry in them lies, they ain't never gonna do it. 
they are never going to open up that book and they're never going to find the truth. And the ones who want to know the truth, they'll open it up. And they'll find it and they'll search and they'll learn. So it's really not for us to change your mind. You know, it's not for us to convert you. Muslims don't. For I learned in the last year that that is part of the Christian faith, that part of their mm-hmm. faith is to convert. You know, and so I, now I, I respect that because I used to not, that used to really irk me. But if you doing what you, what you call to do in your faith, then I can respect that. You're not going to convert me, but I can respect that, that you doing what your, your, your prophet or your, your Lord telling you to do. Right. You know, but for anybody who, if you got a question, open up the book. See, the, the beauty about Islam is we have a criteria for everything. That is what the Quran is. That's what the word means. Quran. It means criteria. Exactly. We uh-huh. have a we have a practice for everything. So if you got any doubt, you can open up that book and you can find it. And guess what? If you can't find it, our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that means may God peace uh-huh. be upon him. He had a tradition for it. And the beauty about those traditions, those are things that he said. Those are things that people saw him do. Those are things that people heard him say. And those are people those are things that people said he did. There is a chain of transmission and there is research and evidence. You can't just say the prophet said without proving it. We have a criteria for how we we share the faith. You got to come with evidence. You got to research. You got to investigate. Those are aspects of being a Muslim. Those are duties that we owe to our brothers and sisters. Can't nobody just come and tell us anything about another Muslim brother and sister. We're supposed to go and ask them. Exactly. So I dare you. And that's why I say it like that. Because I know the people who want to know and want to know the truth with purity, they're going to go look it up. And the ones who just want to, you know, criticize and talk trash, they're not. So I don't have any problem. Exactly. I mean, most, most of the people that I work with are people with other faiths. One of my, one of my newest and, and now closest friends happens to be uh, a homosexual atheist. Uh-huh. And, and how's that? We can talk about the real high time to get into that conversation. We can go, you can hit me up on my on my inbox <laughs> on Facebook. I can tell you how that happened. I'm at Lady Khadija on Facebook uh, and Instagram and Pinterest and LinkedIn and underscore Lady Khadija on Twitter. And if you want to hit up my personal profile, let me see. It's, I put all your links in the chat. Yeah, Lady Khadija 19. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> My best friend, no, my best friend is bi- it was bisexual, so I, I understand. I understand. I completely understand, you know. It, it's so, about the journey that you're on. Everybody that's on your journey is not going to follow the same path as you. That will make life boring. You understand what I mean? And, and, I and you never know what – Right. You never know what lessons we you have for someone or that they have for you because, you know – we, I learned so much from this guy about my own personal privilege by him explaining to me his, right? Uh-huh. You know, and we can talk about religion, even though he, he don't believe in God. He can talk, we can talk about, or at least religion. You know, we can talk about religion. We can talk about sexuality. We can talk about race and culture and politics. 
and you know, we can not agree, right? You know, and we can say, Well, I'm gonna go look that up, you know, and he can go back and tell me, Well, you know, you was right or you know, that that was wrong. I found and, and we can agree to disagree or not, whatever however it works out. I think that's awesome. Right, so we have ninety seconds left in the show. Thank you everyone who hung out and listened to the sisters. I I yep. I have a lot of time promoting my work. So I got this coloring book on Amazon called Sankofa. So you just go to Amazon dot com and type in Lady Khadijah and it'll come up with that album that I got floating around on Amazon too. It's gonna be another book and another album on Amazon in twenty seventeen. Promise you. Okay, Costa. Oh, I see it. Okay. All right, y'all. I'm gonna put that in the chat room, and I'm gonna put that. I'm gonna order it, and I'm gonna put that. Because <laughs> I love <laughs> And then I, I have and then my oldest daughter. My oldest daughter is pregnant with her first child. So. Bless. Yes. Congratulations, yes, yes, new yes. grandmother. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So yeah, I got to see her over the weekend and and and, and play with her stomach. But yeah, so <laughs> so Khadija, I tagged you in that pillow that I made. I may be taking that pillow to my daughter so she can have something to put on it that won't hurt. Support each one of us has to keep one of us and to reach one of us. So we got ten seconds left. Thank you so much, Jazakallah for coming through and and doing your thing and 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 filling my spirit because I definitely needed it. And uh, thank you, definitely. thank you for having me. My pleasure, my pleasure. Salaamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaykum salaam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.